The Bible reading this morning is taken from Mark 7, 1 to 8, then 14 to 15, and 21 to 23. The Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law, who had come from Jerusalem and gathered around Jesus, and saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were defiled, that is, unwashed. The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they gave their hands a ceremonial washing, holding to the tradition of the elders. When they came from the marketplace, they did not eat unless they washed, and they observed many other traditions, such as washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So the Pharisees and the teachers of the Lord asked Jesus, why don't your disciples live according to the traditions of the elders instead of eating their food with defiled hands? He replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites, as it is written, These people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. You have let go the commands of God and are holding on to the traditions of humans. Verse 14, again Jesus called the crowd and said to him, Listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it comes from out of the person that defiles them. Verse 21, for it is from within, out of the person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, dissent, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. Amen. Well, good morning, church. I'm just cleaning up this morning. I'm back in the kitchen, as you can see, but we're not cooking today. I'm actually cleaning up. Uh, today is all about cleanliness. Jesus has an encounter with the Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law about what it means to be clean. Uh, today's reading from Mark chapter 4 has Jesus having yet another run in another encounter, another argument, another brouhaha with these uh, religious leaders of his day. Uh, this time, it's all about how to wash your hands properly. Can you believe it? How to wash your hands properly. Now, the Pharisees, uh, one of the people that he was arguing with that day, were a very legalistic group within Judaism. Uh, they loved rules and, and regulations and making sure that, that everybody behaved in a godly fashion. And while their motives might have been uh, pure at points, they, they tragically had elevated their own man-made traditions to being of, of equal status and equal authority with the scriptures. See, they had all kinds of ceremonial practices covering just about every aspect of life, including uh, how to even wash your hands. Trouble was, if you didn't observe these practices, if you didn't follow these rituals, you just 
they considered you to be a, a bit of a sinner, a bit of a backslider, not quite up to scratch. The trouble was that these, these Pharisees had, had dreamt up rules that went far beyond what God himself set out for us in Scripture. These rules and traditions were extra burdens that they laid upon the backs of the ordinary people. This was a man-made religion. This was a dead religion rather than a living faith in God. And religion is always a terrible thing to burden people with. It's a shocking thing that I'm always very keen to distance myself and the church from. Whenever people find out I'm a minister, they, they sometimes will say to me, oh, well, uh, very politely, of course, they'll say, oh, well, I'm, I'm not very religious, Pete. I think I've shared this with you that I'm always very quick to say, well, neither am I. Join the club. It, it leads into a conversation about how having a, a fair income faith in Jesus Christ has got nothing to do with religion. In fact, following Jesus, the polar opposite religion. I talk about how Jesus was the least religious person to ever walk the face of the earth, about how he raged against the religion of his day. I point out how religion is just about trying to earn brownie points with God, about trying to do a whole bunch of these things and none of these other things, and thereby trying to worm your way into God's favour. And that's a very far cry from what Jesus was on about. I explained that Christianity is, is different from every other religion in the world because it's all about God's grace, about what God has done for us in Christ, through the cross of Christ, rather than anything we do. It's got nothing to do with what we do that, that ensures our eternal relationship with God. I pointed out how church folk uh, don't pretend to be good people. I tell them that, in fact, the Bible describes this sort of religion as, as excrement would be the polite way of putting it. And in fact, if you look closely at today's passage, you'll see this passage is a good example of that right from Jesus' mouth himself. What comes out of a man is what defiles a person. So the Bible is very clear that this sort of religion, following all of these rules, is, is filth. It's, it's useless. I tell them this sort of religion can only ever lead to one of two terrible places, either pride when you puff yourself up if you get everything right, or terrible guilt if you feel as though you're not good enough. It can lead to pride when you look down on others and you think you've got all God's rules right and you've got it all sorted. That terrible judgmental religious person the world rightly shuns, or it leads to crushing guilt in the other extreme when you realize that you can't follow God's rules, that you don't measure up, that you're not up to scratch. So as church and as individuals, we should do everything we can to avoid this evil of this sort of religion and the two terrible destination that it leads to, either pride or, or guilt by doing all the right things and following all of the right traditions. Remember, followers of Jesus don't pretend to be perfect, just forgiven. Now, in our story today, Jesus rebukes these religious rule keepers. He rebukes the, the idea of keeping religious rules and traditions for the sake of keeping the rules and traditions. He, he, he tells these religious leaders that they've got the wrong end of the stick altogether. He, you see, they were obsessed with the outward acts of religion. Uh, but Jesus shows them how they've got their priorities all wrong. Jesus tells these religious windbags that it wasn't their hands that needed cleaning. It was their hearts. He said it was from within the heart 
where all sorts of evil thoughts and deeds came from. He quotes Isaiah, one of the prophets of old, of course, and, and he says that you can say and do all the right things, but if your heart doesn't belong to God, then your worship is useless. Pretty heavy stuff there. So friends, far from the biggest problem that people have in the world today is, is all of their sin. Their biggest problem isn't the fact that they're greedy or deceitful or, or arrogant or envious or slanderous. None of those things in that list. The biggest problem people have in the world today isn't that they're gay or that they're adulterous or living in sin. None of those things. The biggest problem people have in the world today isn't that they're ripping people off online or having parties in breach of lockdown laws, none of that either. It's not even that they're violent thieves or, or criminals or even murderers. The biggest problem people have today is that they haven't had a change of heart. The biggest problem that people in the world have is that they haven't yielded their hearts, surrendered their hearts to God. All this other stuff, all the cleanliness stuff is just surface stuff. It's, that stuff is all just downstream behavior of, of what lies inside a person. A person will have no reason to change their behavior unless they have yielded their hearts to God. It's only when they've surrendered their life to God that they will then have a reason to change their behavior. Can you understand what I'm saying here? Now, the Pharisees wanted to talk about unclean hands. They wanted to talk about surface level stuff. But Jesus says the real problem is having an unclean heart. In fact, the famous uh, biblical scholar, the famous commentator, William Barclay, perhaps one of the most uh, famous commentators of all, you'll find in just about every minister's library, a whole bunch of Barclay's Bible commentaries, including my own. Welcome to come around and borrow them anytime you like. I've got a whole heap of Barclay's commentaries. Barclay actually went so far as to say that this passage right here is perhaps one of the most revolutionary passages in the whole of the New Testament. Wow. He says it because in effect, what Jesus is really saying here is that he's declaring null and void the entire of the Old Testament, the old school, the old ways, laws and covenants and rituals. He's, he's doing away with all of that. Pretty radical stuff. But you see, even today, people still don't really want to believe what Jesus is saying, I think. Jesus is saying here that the biggest problem of our sin is not the environmental stuff. It's not the cleanliness stuff on the outside at all. He's saying that's not really what matters. He's saying it's what lies inside the human heart is what really needs remedy. See, many people think that basically people are good people at heart. You hear this all the time, don't you? I hear this all the time. Oh, people, pe most people are actually pretty good people, I think. They, they like to think people are good people. It's only because of bad influences, like maybe you know, some bad societal influences, bad education or a lack of parenting or, or poor government policies. It's only because of that sort of thing that people become corrupted and bad. But the Bible teaches us the opposite, doesn't it? Jesus is saying here that in its natural state, the human heart produces all kinds of wickedness. He's saying that out of the heart comes evil schemes. Every parent will tell you that nobody had to teach you how to be selfish. It's there in us from the day we're born. Tragically, it's part of our makeup ever since the fall. 
Jesus wants us to understand here that the problem of sin runs deep. He's saying you've got to deal with the problem of sin back at its source. Let me illustrate with a, with a modern parable, a modern kitchen-based parable, seeing as I'm here today. Imagine you get home tomorrow from your hour's worth of exercise. You go out for a walk for an hour and you come home and you find that your kitchen is flooded. There's water everywhere. It's run all throughout the house. You quickly scurry and you grab some buckets and some mops and you start mopping and squeezing and ferrying water and hauling water out for all that you're worth, but you don't turn the water off. There's a hose that's been ruptured underneath the kitchen sink and it's spewing out water everywhere. You can be bucketing and mopping, but unless you go out and turn off the mains, water is just going to keep on pouring out into your house. You haven't addressed the source of the problem. You've got to go to the source and cut off the flow. Friend, the same is true with you and me. A radical change deep within the human heart is what's needed rather than simply mopping up our outward mess. Education alone isn't going to get the job done. Social reform will not achieve it. Trying to clean yourself up, trying to sort of make sure your hands are all clean and you're nice and pure to the world's view, that's not, that's not going to matter either. You see, there's pollution on the inside too, is what Jesus is saying. There's only one answer for the problem of a sinful heart, and that is a complete transplant. Friend, you need a new heart. The good news is that Jesus promises this to all who turn to him in faith. The death of Jesus on the cross was the remedy for our deep-seated problem of sin. Complete regeneration via faith in Jesus Christ is what we all truly need. Change has to come from the inside out. I think Paul says it best, doesn't he? In the famous passage of Romans chapter 12, he says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but he says, be transformed, be renewed. This word transformed is, of course, the same root word that we get our word uh, metamorphosis from, to change completely from something into something new, a new creation. Remember, Jesus himself tells Nicodemus famously in John chapter 3 that he must be born again to enter the kingdom of God. The old is gone, the new has come. Completely changed, a new being. Friends, sinful behavior is just a symptom of a much deeper problem of an unyielding heart. But if we hand over rule of our hearts to God, then the outside will take care of itself. Godly and Christ-like actions will then begin to flow through submitting your heart to God each and every day by handing your heart over to God every day and saying, Lord, I'm yours. I'm not living for me anymore. I'm living for you. Your will be done. You too can have a new heart. You too can be made new. This procedure, friend, is completely free. That's the good news. However, it will, I've got to tell you, cost you your life. But it will be the best decision you ever make. I'm going to lead us in a time of prayer now. Perhaps you might like to join with me in surrendering your heart and handing your heart over to God. Stop trying to clean yourself up. Stop trying to do all the surface level stuff and deal with sin at its core. Hand your heart over to God and be made new. Won't you pray with me? Let's pray. 
Loving Heavenly Father, we surrender to you. I surrender my heart to you this day. I am yours, Lord. I've stopped living for me. I no longer want to live for myself, Father. I say thank you that you can wash me clean. We say thank you, Lord, that no matter what we've done, though our sins be red as scarlet, we can be washed whiter than the snow. Thank you for the gift of Jesus. Thank you that he came and lived and died for us to make us clean, to make us new, to bring us back into right relationship with you, Father. Father, we surrender our hearts. We say we turn our backs on all that is behind us. We repent of the old self and we seek to become a new person, a new creation. Come and change my heart this day. Help me to not to try to do all this in my own strength. I surrender my life, every aspect, every part over to you. Come and have your way in me today and for the rest of my life. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen.